Hey, do you have a podcast or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podtastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podtasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio and you keep on making your amazing podcast. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers. All things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. I'm still Barry Marino, and he's still Philip Landry. <laughs> And we want to welcome well, hold you on. <laughs> to a whole new episode of Open Shutters Goes to the Movies. Well, a few things I wanted to discuss because we were talking about, you were talking about, is uh, we're now on Apple. Yes. And since hey. we have gone on Apple, our listenership has like quadrupled. Finally, that we've been yeah. waiting to get on there. But we're still waiting for Anchor to give us a sponsor. Anchor gave the Open Shutters thing a sponsor sooner than this. I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know, but anyway, um, we're on Apple. We're we're doing pretty well. We uh, we we added Orphan, The Omen, and Joyride. I'm gonna try to add one of the old, one of the the, the uh, past. I think we said we're gonna uh, probably add Final Destination. We're gonna add Final Destination. We're probably gonna want to add all of them actually, or most of them. And, yeah, them. and I think we're gonna add Play Misty for me too. On that. Yeah, it was kind of entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you can listen to us on Apple now. And, uh, oh, another couple of things. We have our own email address for this this podcast. Our email address is movieshutters at AOL.com. And we have our own Facebook page, which is Open Shutters Goes to the Movies. And we're doing okay. I mean, we, we, we've only been up uh, less than two weeks. And we already have over 200 followers on Twitter. And we already have 50 members in our Facebook page, so yeah. in our Facebook group. So, anyway, I'm gonna get all the social media together all the time because we have our own Twitter, our own Facebook, and our own email now. So, uh, what's going on with you? Well, first, we do want to because we're bringing up we do want to make apology for last uh, the last oh, yeah. episode. We had forgot to actually well, we actually made a couple of boo boos. 
but one of the main ones we forgot to do was actually give the rating. Yeah, and this is new, so, and we tried to wing it without an outline. Now, so, that wasn't a good. So, for our listeners, we are going to give you our rating for The Exorcist now. Yeah. So anyway, Philip, out of out of five shutters, how many you give The Exorcist? Four and a half. I was gonna say one. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's another thing I wanted to talk to you also talk about also in a second. Uh, no, I, I, I'm with you. I say four and a half. Linda Blair and all the performances are good. The production values, and I like the way it's held up with time. Yeah, yeah. No, surprisingly, yes. Yeah. Now you remember we were talking last week about the Oscars and about how it was a travesty that the Sting won instead of <laughs> the Exorcist. <laughs> Well, me, I have to, I have to get, you know, I I know decided, going with this. I've decided not to talk about politics on Facebook because it really mm-hmm. angers people, but I still have to throw a little controversy in there. So I put two, uh, a, a post on Facebook this week that riled up a few people and one you of ruffled them, some feathers? I ruffled some you feathers. You stepped on some toes. One of them was, um, <laughs> actually I'm going to go to my Facebook page and read it for you. Uh, one of them had to do with uh, rock stars, and another one had to do with the Oscars. And <laughs> and you know you know what they are, oh don't you? Anyway, go to my Facebook page down with them and read. And I'm gonna read you guys some of the responses because it's really funny. Okay. Oh, this is hilarious. Uh, one of them I put I really and truly thought was gonna get, uh, but here we go. Um, where are we at? All right. I felt that the Sting was the most undeserving Best Picture winner. It wasn't even in the best the best of the nominees. Both The Exorcist and American Graffiti were far better pictures. It wasn't even the best picture starring Redford and Newman. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid was far more superior. Both The Exorcist and American Graffiti were considered classics today and shown frequently. When was the last time anyone saw watched The Sting? Well, I'm not mentioning people's names, but I got a few little flack things on here. Most people were, uh, mentioned some other things. One friend of mine said, the two that bugged me the most are Out of Africa over the Color Purple and Forrest Gump over Pulp Fiction. I agree. The Exorcist and American Graffiti are better than The Sting. The Sting is one of the most, uh, is the most faithful to the book adaptations, though. And I said, you know, um, um, but I said something about that. This one here is, um. I watched The Sting a lot. This is another. This is a guy here that wrote this. I watched The Sting a lot. I had no idea con artist who was killed, which sets up the story, was the brother of James Earl Jones until a few years ago. Well, I still didn't know that. I love Robert Shaw in it. The whole cast is pretty amazing. Actually, I watched American Graffiti once and thought, how boring. The Exorcist I've seen maybe a handful of times and now haven't had a desire to see it again. It's easily been more than 20 years. Everything about the Sting is beautiful. And the cinematography and the costume design and the set, it's art to me. Well, I had a little back and forth with this guy. I'm not going to really go into that. But most people, one guy said, love that movie. My mom brought me and she was infatuated with Scott Joplin's music. But most everybody agreed with me, though. It's, yeah, so... I'm not going by what's popular or anything like that, but I really didn't, tru- truly didn't even think that movie had any fans. 
Because, I mean, I know people loved it when it first came out. But the movie we're about to, re- to review today, everybody loved it when it first came out. And I, I think few people love it now. Now, here was the other one. You want to hear the other one? Okay. Y'all get ready for this. This one's good. This one's, uh, this one is... Barry really stirred the pot on this one. Oh, yeah. And I can't find it now. And he was enjoying stirring the pot. Oh, I, I, this is, this was real. Oh, yeah. I think it came after that. Um, okay. This actually involves people I know. Yeah, we won't give the names. We're not going to give the names. It does involve people I actually know. That commented back. <laughs> Did Facebook have deleted my post? Oh, somebody reported yes. Oh yeah. no, I don't. I mean, I don't see it up here. I don't think. Well, mention did. what you said. Close enough, if not. Um, let's see. You can still mention what you said. Why would somebody report me for that? I don't know. You can't. You you just did it today, I, didn't you? No, I did it a few days ago. Oh. It was. Uh, you can't find it. Wait a second. I know. I know. It's got to be here. I just can't find it right now. Wait, is this the one? You got the people all riled up. They just want to know. <laughs> I know. See, you're causing a whole other controversy right now, riling up the people. Yes, I, I am causing. Oh wait, here's one. Uh, no, that's not it. God damn it! <laughs> what in the world, Barry? What are you doing? What am I doing? What are you I... on your page? Yes, I'm on my How page. How did you post? I didn't. Post. Are you a super poster? No, I used to be. Uh, now, 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 I'm gonna get raked over the coals. Blah 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 blah. Eighty Fisher. Da 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 da. By rocking da da da. The sting. Oh, you just keep making problems. He. Oh, up. here it is. Okay, I have a question for some of the women in my age range. Why do y'all think Bud Ugly rock stars like Roger Daltrey, Greg Allman, Mick Jagger, and Steven Tyler were hot? Okay. One, uh, one woman, of course, said nope. One woman who is the one you know, and I'm not going to mention any names, she said, Roger Daltrey, Bud Ugly, I beg to differ. Higher than hot. And then she shows some picture of him, which is a pretty good picture because he's got his shirt all open and everything. Well, of course, I, could, I, had to, I had to keep it up. <laughs> that's just a good picture can't argue that the others are but ugly and she goes yes I can all those listed above have personal charisma that made them sexier than hell just because a man or woman isn't is, is visually attractive that doesn't make them sexy and I said there was nothing sexy about Greg Allman or Steven Tyler ew so I this woman was she, she was not real pleased with me over this and then you really stepped in it, Barry. I stepped in it on that time, and I'll I'll do it again. But see, I hope you did learn something through this experience. Yeah, I learned that I can say anything I want, and I don't care if I upset somebody. (laughs) (laughs) That everybody has their own preferences, too. Yeah, but come on, who could think Steven Towers have you looked at that face? There's love for everyone. That is (laughs) a mother couldn't (laughs) even love that face. And, you know, I remember what Joan Rivers said about Mick Jagger. He could, he, with those lips, he could French kiss a moose. <laughs> and, uh, wait, who, is, who was this? Uh, Steven Tyler, uh, Greg Allman. Oh, well, she did, so this one woman also said that she thought hairy bodies were repulsive. 
well, I have a hairy body, so I figured, I don't know if she, I, if she knew that or not, but I said, I guess that makes me repulsive, I have a hairy body, but I just happened to think, you know, that, like, heroin addiction and rotted teeth is usually a deal breaker for me, you know? <laughs> wow! So anyway, yeah, so that's a, that, oh, that's what I've been, I tried to stir up a couple of things. I said that I didn't like Rue McClanahan as Blanche. See, like, now, now, now you're, now you're stirring up. I know somebody, I know one of our listeners that might come after you on that one. Did you see that one? Did he, did he respond yet? I wanted to see. Nobody it. responded, but what it was is I said, I, uh. You know who I you know are that, if you listen. I know that I'm going to get rigged to the coals by, yes. by Golden Girls fans, but I always prefer Rue McClanahan as Vivian over Blanche and Bebby, Betty White as Sue Ann over, over Rose. Rue Ru played Ditsy so well, with Betty it always seemed forced. This is true. Vivian, well, was, Betty, yeah. Vivian was a nice lady and Blanche was mean. I know that Sue Ann could be mean too, but Betty White was easier to forgive. I personally wish they, wish they hadn't switched roles. I wish they would have kept their original roles because I think it would have been fabulous with them in their original roles too. It was okay, but I don't think it's as good as it would have been. But you want to know something about Golden Girls for a moment? Hmm. It really comes down to Estelle Getty and B. Arthur. Well, the thing- I mean, the, the, the amount of, of sarcasm and shade fest thrown at the, at the other two by Estelle Getty and B. Arthur as Dorothy and Sophia. Dorothy and Sophia make the show. And that's the only reason why I'm glad that they did switch because they wouldn't have gotten B. Arthur because she said she wouldn't have done it. She didn't want to be, play Maud meets Sue Ann Nivens and Maud and Vivian meets Sue Ann Nivens. She didn't want to um, play that. She wanted it to be different. And when Rue told her, no, we switched it up and I'm going to play the Sue Ann Nivens part and, and Betty's going to play the Rose part, the, the, the Vivian part, she says, oh, well, you know, that's into that. And that's how she wound up in it. That's the only thing. Wow, we, so you, you went all out. You just went all out this week on controversies. You just, I can't talk about politics, and I got to get my controversy out. Okay. Did, did, did you scratch that itch real good? Yeah. Okay, for this week. You, there's always next week. Yeah. So, anyhow, besides all that, what have you been watching? Other than. While we were watching, uh, Curtis and I have been watching the good, uh, the, uh, Dr. Death, which is pretty good. I didn't give anything. And I watched, um, uh, what's it called? A brand new cherry flavor. I know. I want to see that. I keep. I think I have it in my little. On Netflix? Yes, yeah. I have it in my. Uh, to watch. I mean, that. that I, real, I saw the whole, the whole series. And. I can tell you right now, it's right up your alley. You're gonna love it. Oh, you watched the whole, see, you the whole the thing. thing. I'm oh, finished. Wow. Okay. And you're gonna absolutely love Catherine Keener in this. You know how you say somebody or something gives you life. Yes. Catherine Keener is gonna give you life. Yes. <laughs> and for me, the more death they give, or the more sarcasm they give, the more life I get. That's all. <laughs> oh. Oh, this bitch is she gonna killing give, she people? She could give you life. She, she, she is she killing give you people? Life. Don't tell me everything, but is she well, killing people? I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. But there is killing going on. Oh, blood, blood, blood everywhere. Okay, good. Okay. Nasty. I'm excited. I'm excited. Nasty. I'm excited. Talking about nasty, I've been watching, I watched this show called Sweet Home, which was this Korean uh, horror series about. It was actually kind of interesting once I got into it. All I want to say is it's this idea about... Let's just say it's about monsters and it's a very interesting take on 
using horror and how we view humanity. It was it was a Korean perspective of things. I thought it was it was kind of interesting. I mean, uh, I don't want to say any more in case anyone wants to go watch it. But uh, yeah, if you like in monster things and you like Korean drama or horror things, go ahead and watch it. The only other thing I've been watching, uh, mainly binging other than that, though, was Atypical. I finally got... I don't know if you had already seen that or somebody told me about it. And, I, and I've been putting it off, and then I had, and I watched it. I'm, like, already almost done with the fourth season now. What, what, Atypical? What's that yeah, about? Yeah, it's about this young man. It's a comedy, and he, he's living with autism, and it's just about everything. Oh, yeah, 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 And it yeah. was really, really... The gay guy? The young gay man? Living no, no, no. No, that's a no, no, no. Yeah. You're thinking of something else. That was that was cerebral palsy special. Oh, okay. This is called Atypical. Uh, it sounds familiar. And it's about this young guy named Sam who is living with uh, autism. And his mother is played by Jennifer Jason Leigh, which I know you love. And his father is played by Michael Rappaport, which I know you would love. Yeah, I got a friend that looks like Michael Rappaport. So, but yes, I figured you kind of would like that. Didn't you say now come with comedies? Weren't you rewatching... 30 Rock, you said? Yeah, I'm rewatching 30 Rock, and I have got to say... Gianna has got to be my favorite character. I was just so sorry that she's not in every episode. I know everybody seems to really like Tracy Morgan in there. And yeah, he's funny, but sometimes he just works my nerves. <laughs> Gianna is just... She, and she plays... Uh, how do you pronounce Jane's last name? Karolkowski? <laughs> I think that's got as close as I think. Uh, I think I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know why these people don't change their names like the old movie stars used to do. Because they're proud of the heritage. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, but it's hard to pronounce the names. <laughs> but anyway, I, we talk, I was talking about, you know, playing dits very well. This girl plays it seamless. She plays this ditzy character just without any force or anything. She just, she, she just feeds it to you. It's just, and it's, it, it, and she's hilarious. She is so funny. And she's beautiful. Beautiful and funny at the same time. That's not usually a, a combination. I mean, we'll Lucille Ball. You know? So anyway, uh, yeah. So that's what I'll be watching that. And um, there were a few other things. Well, you know, just a, a, some well, movies big, I'm watching on DVD. The real big thing this week that got unleashed, which you have to watch, which we're not going to give any spoilers at all, but I'm so excited. Finally, we're getting American Horror Story Season 10. Well, I haven't even finished Part the stories one, yet. Red Tide, y'all have got to watch I haven't it. finished it, all of them. That's all I'm saying. And I'm telling you, I really so feel... So you're not mad going to write letters to uh, Ryan Murphy because you don't like the season? I am so happy. Ryan Murphy, if you're out there, <laughs> I want to give you a really big, warm hug. Oh, when you first heard about it, you were ready to write him letters and go pick at his office and everything. <laughs> I am so excited. No, 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 I wasn't wanting to do that. I was, no, all these seasons of not doing something and kept, like, saying, oh, we're going to do something. And finally, he's doing something maritime. And we're going to get something oh, desert. Oh, if it's maritime, I'm not watching. And we're getting something like desert, desert on the second half, too. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so... I'm excited. Thank you, Ryan Murphy. I'm happy. Like, I'm very happy. Yeah, so. 
All right, now well, we, let's let's get to this week's movie, which we'll be talking about something that you might have been considered and really liked in the seventies. Doesn't always work in twenty twenty one, and this is definitely that kind of movie. It's called Race with the Devil, and it's a nineteen seventy five American action horror car chase film. They took these three genres and, th- and and blended them together into one movie. And I don't know if it really blended that way. <laughs> Go ahead and let them know. So it's directed by Jack Starlet and written by Leo Frost. Now, Jack Starlet is, is known for... What type of movies is he known for? Let's see. We're going to take a little click on here. Well, Jack Starlet is a, he's an American actor and film director, and he 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 played Gabby Hayes in Blazing Saddles, and he was um, in First Blood, uh, first. But he's also uh, star- acted in a lot of biker movies like The Born Losers, Hell Angels on Wheels, Angels from Hell, Hell's Bloody Devils, things like that. So he he was he directed it, and it was written by Wes Bishop and Leo Frost. So Leo Frost. Is known for Love Camp Seven, Chain Gang Women, Chrome and Hot Leather, Thing with Two Heads, The Black Gestapo, Dixie Dynamite, and Private Obsession. So he has a regular, just, just, just a real big old. Um, this sounds like smorgas- a leather drag queen lineup. Smorgasbord. <laughs> no, it's all seventies exploitation. No, but film. if you listen to the names, it sounds like a leather drag queen lineup. So it stars Peter Fonda, you know, Henry's son, Jane's brother, uh, Warren Oates, Loretta Swit, Hot Lips. Any MASH fans out there, this is Hot Lips. And for Dark Shadows fans, there's Laura Parker, who played Angelique. So the plot is Roger Marsh, who's played by Peter Fonda, and Frank Stewart, they own a successful motorcycle dealership. In San Antonio, Texas, and they go on a vacation with their wives, Kelly, uh, who is Roger's wife, played by uh, Laura Parker, Angelique of Dark Shadows, <coughs> and uh, Alice is Frank's uh, uh, wife. She is played by Loretta Swit, Hot Lips from Mash. That has a few little things that are kind of. Um, I just want to bring up a few little in-jokes on here. First of all, I have Peter Fonda riding a motorcycle. And what's Peter Fonda's most iconic movie? Easy Rider. All right. Loretta Swit's husband is named Frank. Who was her lover on MASH? Frank Burns, right? Yeah. So you have Loretta Swit saying Frank all the time, just like you heard her saying on MASH. And it has a witchcraft theme. And what did Laura Parker play on Dark Shadows? Oh, yeah. The evil witch. The witch that gave Barnabas the curse. Mm. The most evil witch, Angelique. So anyway, getting back to the plot. They, um... They, they, they ran to buy a recreational vehicle, an RV, and they want to take a ski vacation to Aspen, Colorado. <clears throat> And uh, when they, they stop at a campsite in like a you know like a desolate meadow in central Texas, and Roger and Frank uh, race their motorcycles, and then later that night uh, the wives are in the RV just settling down, <clears throat> and they witness they have binoculars and they see a flame thing happening somewhere in the woods, 
And it turns out it's a satanic ritual with a human sacrifice. A young girl is, is stabbed and murdered. So they, run, they drive off. They run off. And Peter Fonda keeps saying, Murder! 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 So you can tell what kind of script this is. What the writing on this is. So they go to the small town and they report the incident to Sheriff Taylor. Are we ripping off Mayberry here? <laughs> and he investigates, but uh, he's trying to convince them it's probably hippies. Convincing hippies. Peter Fonda. Whoa. Jeez, right. get it? <laughs> but the, uh, but uh, Roger actually stole a sample of the blood that was in the yeah. dirt. And meanwhile, uh, Kelly and Alice go to the library because they find a note on RV. And um, they call it, it's called a rune. It's a witch's message. Is that really a witch's message or is that just something that's in this script? There was a whole bunch of things in it. We'll get to that when we talk about the, okay, the writing yeah. of the book. So yeah. they found a rune pinned to the window. So that's when they go into the library and they do further research, which is anybody who knows anything about any kind of Wiccan or witches or any kind of thing, the things they find is like totally bullshit, but it's part of the uh, the plot of the movie. So, um, where am I now? I don't want to leave these big old gaps in here. So they leave town, and the red truck starts to follow them. But uh, the sheriff knows. So the sheriff, we, we know right then and there that the sheriff's in on it. Because he just watches the truck following them. So they go to this RV park, and um, Kelly and Kelly and Alice go swimming, and everybody's staring at them and giving them these creepy smiles. Remember that part? Oh, yeah. So they, um, they, they meet another couple. Ethel is the husband, is the wife. But what was the husband's name? It was the husband's name. We just knew the wife so much. Ethel with that makeup job. That makeup was just... Ethel was very, very, very 70s hair and makeup. But anyway, they meet this guy, Ethel and her husband. We keep on hearing Ethel's name because he keeps on saying Ethel. And um, they take him out. They they, they invite him to to eat dinner in their their RV. And they said, oh, we're going out. So they invite him out to this, like, country and western bar... Oh, honky-tonk. Oh, honky-tonk. And a fight breaks out. Oh, oh, yeah, a classic bar brawl. A bar brawl, just out of the blue for no reason. So they all leave, and when, um, when they get back to the RV, they find uh, Kelly's dog, Ginger, hanging there, dead. Oh, yes. So, um... Okay, well, you know, Kelly's just inconsolable after this, you know, because she really loved her little dog. L- little Miss Ginger went gone. It then so um, they run in, they run off, and then all of a sudden there's snakes in it. two rattlesnakes. All I can think is get these motherfucking snakes out of this, this motherfucking, motherfucking RV, 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 <laughs> and so. Um, and it also causes Frank to drive into a tree. So they bury they bury Ginger the next day, and 
They find yeah, it. You actually really sad for Miss Ginger dying. Yeah. But but what'd you say if she was a Yorkie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I'm just, just picking kidding. at you, Barry. Nothing at the York. Nothing to Yorkies. If she was a German Shepherd. Bye. Oh no. I a Rottweiler, or like that garbage dog in the uh, Omen. That should go on. That should go. That that has got to go. I guess not all dogs go to heaven, do they? So um, <laughs> they find out that you know they cut the motorcycles, yep. uh, tires, and the gas tanks out, and they go buy a, f- a shotgun in this town, but they're still being steady, uh, spied upon by the cultists. It's like the whole town is in this cult. Oh yeah. And um, Roger tries to place a long distance call to the Holloway Patrol, but there's just a dead payphone. And another one with a bad connection. Yup. And uh, so then they were ch- they chased the big chase scene. Oh my gosh! I mean, they threw everything. T- tell them how much they threw into this chase scene. Oh my god! They had cars rolling on two wheels. All of them. <laughs> they had a, they the had side. a full rollovers. They had cars go into the all oh, into the river. Yeah, the, the, they the cars. What did that truck explode as it went into the river? Oh, wow. So we got two for one on that one. Off a of bridge. Yeah. Yeah, we got that. And then we had the other little smaller, like, kind of, I don't know if it was like a smaller bridge. And the one guy falls off the RV. Like he yeah, he's hanging RV, on to the RV. And they and just then, hit the, the, the door. And he gets knocked over into, like, the little river. Well, it goes creek. into the river. And I think he's supposed to be killed. But you could see the stuntman jumping up. <laughs> it's like a, a bloober. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It was such a mess. They were like that was one of the most chaotic chase scenes to the level I don't even know if I can believe. <laughs> so anyway, they leave and they, and they of course they're chased, and finally they they see um, a bus a, a school bus accident, and none of the children seem to be hurt. But it turns out the accident was staged by cult members. So, then there's another high uh, high speed uh, chase, and finally they kill or injure most of their attackers and they escape. So finally the headlights were damaged in the chase, and and you know they stopped in this field for the night, for, just for the night, and they begin to celebrate. They all happy, and they pick up a radio signal coming from Amaretto. He, and in the middle of the celebration, they hear chanting. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And there they are, the cultists out there. And they just circle the fire around the RV, and it ends like that. Yeah. All that. All that that these people went through, and they wound up getting killed anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break. So we go to the bathroom, get something to drink, blah, blah, blah. And you, you guys can listen to a couple of messages. Be right back. As some of you may remember, and if you do to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the Internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made ha- Afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. More coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's easy 
interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From King Cake Babies for Mardi Gras to Champagne Flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, BarryMarinosCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. All right, we are back. What uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this movie and what we thought and what our thoughts are and what Philip's thoughts are and what mine are. And Why did I say that so many times? Because <laughs> where are we with this movie? No, yes, <laughs> it was kind of bizarre. I mean, you know, the 70s anyway is sort of like one of those things that, God, was that really real? Did that really <laughs> exist? And I remember it, but it seems more like a movie I saw than something I lived. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. The 80s, now the 80s seems more real than that, though. The 80s actually happened, but the 70s is something, all right, it's a little bit strange. I mean, how many, how many drug, much drugs were you on? Oh, at this point, none. I was, I was only, um, yeah. I was only like 17. I was in high school when this came out. I wasn't on any kind of drug. I didn't do anything. I, I didn't. I didn't do any kind of partying until I was an adult. Oh, you were such a well-behaved. Yes, I was. Man. Yes, I was. Anyway, um, but it's got that bizarre '70s look. Didn't it have that kind of cheesy look? It did, among other things. And the writing could. The have writing. Been... Ah. It was a product of its time, but it was also even even by today's standards, it was very sloppy. Like today's standards, even by their standards, any standards, it was the sloppiest research, the sloppiest mashing up, the slop. The writing was bad, and I and I kind of felt for the actors because they had some really good actors and actresses, yes. and it was just the writing. It's 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 kind of like we said before when we were talking about road games. You got good talent. But you give them poor writing, this is what you Well, get. you know, the thing of the, the, one of the things I noticed, too, is you were talking about the score, the music. It almost had oh. that porn, chicka-boom, chicka-boom, chicka-boom kind of music, didn't it? It, it really did have the chase exploitation kind of yeah. movie thing going on. And it on. almost had a made-for-TV 70s on other On TV, other moments, on yeah, yeah, moments. yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the chase scene is where most of the budget was spent. From what I could see. Like, ooh, how many cars can we, like, blow up, roll over, smash? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, if a movie that was, uh, you know, considered to be sort of violent. Now, you see, when I saw this in the movies, I didn't remember when the girl was being sacrificed. I didn't remember her boobs being, uh, what's that, what you call that, when they put that like unfocused thing on child a blurred oh, blur it or pixelated yeah she yeah, was, well, she blurred, was blurred and I didn't remember that I don't know if they had the technology to do that the movie was rated PG there was no PG-13 rating back then so it probably would have gotten a PG-13 today 
because of the subject matter and because of some of the violence. Yeah. But even the violence was kind of tame. It was almost like TV violence. Yeah, I didn't really see a whole was, lot of blood. Did not. The only time we ever saw blood was like was either very far away or really like even when they, they stabbed the girl. I mean, there was no blood. There was some, but it was like very like it was so far away to where you couldn't. And the blood see. on the ground. It was when they were panned out all the way, and you really couldn't see. And that was about it. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't much like in your face gore or blood. No, no, there was no gore or blood or anything. But it did have. As I said, it had sort of made-for-TV, and well, and then it also it had like um, the two the two lead actresses were TV, perform- television actresses. Yeah. You had uh, Loretta Sweat, who was Hot Lips on um, on Mash, and you had uh, Laura Parker, who was Angelique in Dark Shadows. Peter Fonda and and, and Warren Oates were more um, film actors. But um, let's. You want to talk a little bit about uh, what you were saying about the witchcraft thing? That they oh, got I was wrong. Gonna, oh, oh, I mean, they mashed up so bad. Like they were mixing, mashing up Wicca with Satanism with In- other uh, European. Like Mayan. And then when they mixed in, that's where the real problem with the mashup was. Is when they were taking Aztec, Mesoamerican, indigenous rituals and faith which are very important to the history of the culture of you know mexico the aztecs and they were trying to throw that into the witchcraft yeah I'm like y'all y'all need y'all need to slow y'all roll on this yeah and that just shows and i'm not excusing this at all for it being in the 70s because we have other movies in the 70s that did a better job with their research yeah keeping things together so that is not an excuse Nowadays, yes, we probably would have raked the director and the people over the coals for this. Like, yeah. Seriously. And it comes to my mind, I hate to say it, it seems a product of that time. This is those straight, white, conservative men and their viewpoint screwing around with shit. Well, you know, I'm a, I, I actually saw this in this movie in theater back in 1975. Before you and probably most of our audience was born. And I remember thinking it was really cool. What I remember about it is, is we went to um, we went to see this movie. And a friend of mine that listens. Hey. <laughs> I don't like to mention people's names unless they want to shout out. He, um, he, he came. He was reminding me of something. After we saw this movie, there was a pizza hut across the street. And it was all kind of pizza hut. You know, with that... Weird looking building where they actually served oh, yeah, you the pizza, yeah. you oh, know. Yeah. It was actually a restaurant, and with the red te- checkered tablecloths yes. and everything, and it was so busy, we couldn't get our check, so we just left. So we oh. dined and dashed. You dined and dashed. We oh, dined and dashed. Yeah. Well, it's almost fifty years ago. I don't see how I, don't... I could, how I could. Possibly, They're coming for you now. How I could possibly fix this? But uh, anyway, I remember we saw it at the movies, and I remember, um, I remember that I had been—I was a big Dark Shadows fan, and at the time, I really liked the Mash, so I was really glad to see Loretta Swit and and uh, Laura Parker in a movie together. And what was ironic is was was to see Laura Parker, who played the evil witch on Dark Shadows, now being a victim of witches. But notice, she was the first one that knew what the witchcraft was. 
I knew what that little message was. What they called that little message a rune. She knew what a rune was. That whole message was a mess. That yeah. was. And okay, well, well uh, while we're here, let's pick up. Let's let let's pick apart a few of the performances. I'm gonna ask you your opinion on this, Peter Fonda. I know people are gonna hate me for it. I just thought he was okay. I mean, I felt, and one of my issues was, I felt when he was trying to like step up to the plate or or be macho, it was a little bit mechanical. Yeah. You get what I'm saying with it? It was mechanical to me. No, he's hippy dippy easy rider, you know. <laughs> but it was just like mechanical whenever he had to step up to the plate. Yeah, that's how I felt. Other than that, it was okay. It was a okay. mm. And Warren Oates. Warren Oates actually did the. Yeah. Uh, he did really well and step like when he had to step up or be sort of this man kind of figure. Yeah. He seemed to step up. So for his performance, I actually said he probably to me was the best performance out of the four main characters. Oh, okay, yeah, I I agree. He was really. I, I thought he was really good. What did you thought of Loretta Swit? Actually, I mean, I actually, I mean, which I kind of have to talk about. Her. I mean, I feel like she was good. Actually, I find really what I told you was whenever I saw her and Laura Parker, actually, whenever they were having dialogue, yeah, was really focused at one another. Yeah. That's when they succeeded. When they were actually facing one another, that was they really played good well moments. off of each other. As you when they had say. those moments, yeah. and yeah, and uh, and she did, she did a, you know, she did a good job. She did the job she was supposed to do. Laura Parker. She was good, and she 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 probably brought the best kind of scream, hysterical sc- hysterical scream queen kind of moments. Yeah, yeah, she does that. She's a real she she's a good screamer. Yeah, and she has this great stare eyes. Yeah, and uh, I was really it impressed me back then and today is how you didn't see any of the Angelique persona anyway. No, but I don't even know what it was. I don't know if it was the filming or what it was on here, but one of the interesting things is it's, it's like, yes, you get interesting stare-offs and dark shadows and all, but somehow on the filming here, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just felt like, I don't know if it was a coloration or whatever, her eyes were like so super blue on... No, her eyes were super blue on there too. That's the color of her eyes. I don't know. Oh, well, I know that, but it was the weird on this filming. It seemed like even more so to me. She was more blonde on Dark Shadows. Her hair was a more of a platinum blonde, and I where think she that, was more of a yeah. natural, dirty blonde. And this. that might have made what the contrast is probably what it was. Yeah, there was a color. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking. She was more Marilyn when she was on Dark Shadows. Right, right. right. Except for when she played the Cassandra part, and she had she had black hair in that one. I remember that for a while. They had a short black wig yeah. on her. So maybe that's what it was—the contrast. But yeah, I could just see like, and it made her eyes like the stare off like a little more intense at certain. Now, an uh, old character actor played Sheriff Taylor. His name was R. G. Armstrong. He actually did and he quite did a well. Pretty good job, yes. And I kind of liked Ethel. <laughs> oh, oh yes, Ethel was. <laughs> <laughs> the hair was too much. Ethel. Fire engine red. The hair and the makeup was just. She yes. actually had Ethel Merman color hair, and her name was Ethel. Yeah, I wonder if that was an accident. I, but or you not. know what's funny? We we talk about 
the hair and the makeup being over top. But actually, in some of those Texas towns, when they're like at the honky tonks and all, those women really are were painted, and still to this day, there's some women. Well, I mean, you looked at Loretta Swit and you looked at Laura Parker, and they were they they were they would fit in any era. Yeah, they would fit today. They would have fit, you know. I mean, you you couldn't have them in the bell bottoms and the big old clog shoes that they were wearing. But they would have fit in, in to, uh, you know, today they would have fit in. And the, and the swimsuits they wore, they were like a one piece swimsuit that was, yeah, you know. And they, they, you know, they could have fit in today. And uh, I gotta say, I was impressed uh, with Loretta Swit. I didn't see any of the hot lips persona at all. She was a different character. No, you know? And uh, they looked like they could hit. You know, they'd have fit anywhere they went. But <laughs> Ethel belonged in, in Texas, in East Texas, uh, West Texas, in 1975. Maybe yes. West Texas in 1965. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> But anyway, uh, it was uh, shot on location in Bandera, San Antonio. Castro, Bandera, yeah, Bandera. Oh wait, that's where that's where some of my heritage is from. Well, it was shot on I'm not, location. I thought there. the places looked familiar because I was like, "That's the hill country." Yeah, it's no because uh, actually, uh, yeah. So I'm actually aware of that area. My, uh, that's the Clark side. Uh, the Bantana, uh, San Antonio, Ca- Castroville, uh, Tarpley, and Leakey, Texas. And uh, Jack Starr uh, claims they had hired actual Satanists to serve as cult members, extras. Although the statement was likely for publicity purposes. Yeah, I think so, too. And he, um, yeah, if those were real Satanists, there was so much being done wrong. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, uh, it was, uh, he, he also directed a movie, uh, a similar B-action movie, because this was pretty much a B-movie. Called a small town in Texas, uh, late, late, a year later, the following year, and 20th Century Fox released a film theatrically in the United States in June 1975. Yeah, I remember it was a summer, and um, uh, box office receipts were more than uh, U.S. 12 million domestically, and the film earned an equal amount internationally. In North America, rentals of 5.8 million, so it, it was a financial success. Uh, it received mixed reviews from the critics, and Rotten Tomatoes has a 64% rating based on 14 reviews, with an average rating of five out of, out of ten. So it is, you know, it received sort of, eh, so-so, you know, reviews, and it's kind of, I would never really think that this movie would become a classic. It doesn't quite overlap the camp enough to become a classic, and it's a little too caught in its time. Yeah, it's in, very and caught not in, in its good time. ways, and not in good. Yeah, ways. it's very caught in its time. So I don't know. I'm sure it's not a movie that's seen a whole lot today. I kind of hope that it gets a little rediscovering from our review, because you know when you read reviews, whether they go to bad, you want to see the movie. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was at times that I'll take for me. It was like at times I was like, really, and then other times I was like, oh, this is this is fucking hilarious. It was so, it was so wrong. But it's funny. It has influenced some other films. Kevin Smith said it, um, it was a strong influence on his movie Red State. Did you ever see Red State? No. Check that out. It's pretty good, and it was a basis um, for a uh, for a Tamil language film, Kazuhu. Tamil? Eagle, yeah. That's a um. That's Tamil. 
That's that should be South Indian then. Well, it was sure. a movie called Kasugu. It means let me eagle. See it. Let me see. Let me see what you're And Drive to Angry, starring Nicolas Cage. Where is it at? Tamil, okay. I guess it is. And there's a movie called Drive Angry, Angry with Nicolas Cage that was released in 2011. Mm. So anyway, um, it's rating time. What kind of rating you give it? I guess I'll give it two and a half, and that's only because I want to almost just go down to two, but I'll give it two and a half, and that's only because of the casting helps it get that. Much. I, I I'm, I'm I'm pretty much gonna agree with you on this one. I say two and a half because of the casting. It's a shame that that really really excellent cast could have done so much with a better script. Oh yeah. You know, and the star power that it had because back then you got to realize. We, Dark Shadows was just a few years away, so Laura Parker was still remembered by a lot of the Dark Shadows fans as Anjali. And it was right in the middle of, of MASH at its peak. So Loretta Swit was hot back then. Yeah. And Peter Fonda was still r- riding off of Easy Rider, because Easy Rider had just been a few years earlier. I just couldn't believe the, 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 the script they gave them. That just, yeah. They could have done a lot so better. So it, could, it really uh, could have done... It really could, they could have, with a good script, and I don't know, I'm figuring these, these actors must have needed money to do it, they, they, you know, I don't, I, Loretta Swift was on a t- hit TV show. Unless there was some contract, you know? some promise they made somebody, I don't know. She was Sometimes on, you make a promise and you gotta keep it. She was on a hit show, you know, and sometimes during the hiatus they'll film something, I mean, it's so sick because a lot of them all had pop, they all had stuff before this that was which is really yeah because Laura had been doing actually I believe was it that same year or was it earlier she had done uh, an episode of Cold Check the Night Stalker where she actually played a model who was who turned out to be a witch and uh, and then she did a, a small uh, a small role in the movie with Jack Lemmon called Save the Tiger where she's she plays a hooker whose client has a heart attack and dies in the office while she's screwing him. And, uh, but, but after that, she, she's done, she did a few things after that because she did more soap operas and she did, um, you know, she, you know, she, she did Capital, I remember that. And she also did, there was one, The New Day in Eden with, um, it was on Showtime. It was the first, like, the, a Showtime that had, a soap opera done in the in in the tradition of a, a like an ABC a CBS daytime soap, but it had nudity and and cursing and stuff like that. Well, when soap operas on TV actually started having nudity and cursing and stuff like that, there was no need for a new day in Eden, as it was called. So, um, but uh, uh, Laura still does all the Dark Shadows conventions and everything. We still see her every now and then. She retired from acting a long time ago. But she, you know, she, and she became a teacher, and I believe she was she was a high school teacher, and she used to uh, the, she she told her children she was Angelique her, her class that she was Angelique on Dark Shadows one time. Can you imagine your teacher being Angelique? <laughs> I certainly yeah, kind of I certainly wouldn't want to skip out on her class. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that'd be fun. So anyway, um. Well, like I was saying earlier in the, in the episode, we have uh, our own email now, we have our own Twitter, and we have our own Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at 
at Barry Marino five. You know, I've already talked about how much I don't like that address, but <laughs> our uh, Facebook group. I decided not to do a Facebook business page for this one because I've rarely ever used the one for the other podcast anyway. But it's uh, the same as the, the podcast. Open shows goes to the movies. And our email, if you guys would like to email us and tell us a few things, some movie suggestions, we like, we love some recommendations from you. You can email us at movieshutters at aol.com. So uh, we're um, we're going to be filming our uh, regular episode. What's it about? This? Recording. <laughs> recording. When do we start filming? <laughs> Sorry, recording. Well, we might start filming. Who knows? Yeah, we, we might. We might. Okay, so what is it? What is the subject this week? Uh, well, that for the next uh, for the for the Open Shutters a Creepy podcast. Yeah, Open Shutters a Creepy podcast. Yeah, we're going to be looking at the case of Arnie Johnson. So Arnie Johnson, the one fail, yeah. uh, kind of failed or exorcism gone wrong kind of. Thing. Ah, oh, so we we'll probably going to be working on that one. Uh, you, I'm going to publish this one right now. And next, as soon as we've done next week here on Open Shutters goes to the movies. We are kicking off an entire month. We haven't fully got our title down yet, but we are kicking off, which we'll give that to y'all next week, but we are kicking off an entire series kind of looking at the classic kind of even slightly aristocratic kind of vampires. Oh, yes. and The, the classic classy vampires. And we did... Oh, with we some did, humor. We did Race with Devil with Laura Parker today, and next week we are covering... Uh, the TV, the original TV series, Dark Shadows. We're going to talk about that, but we're actually going to review the movie, the first movie, Dark Shadows movie made, starring the cast of the original soap called House of Dark Shadows from 1970. Yes. And so that is our Open Shadows Goes to the Movies podcast next week. And I'm excited because I love Dark Shadows and I love I'm just excited we're doing a whole month on vampires. Yeah. But what are the movies, some movies we're going to do? We're going to do Dracula, a Dracula thing, right? We're going to try to do the uh, Dracula from, with Bela Lugosi. And uh, and Christopher Lee, the horror Dracula too. And we'll probably do a comparison, yeah. Uh, we'll probably, hopefully, we can find, uh, we'll be doing Nosferatu, uh, taking it right to the silent films, even. Right. And really talking about that. Are we doing the interview, interview with, with the vampire? vampire? And even want to look at the humor and the culture that it's recently changed, because it's also going to be starting the show's, the actual TV show is coming back with its next season on September 2nd, What We Do in the Shadows. But we're going to actually oh. look at the movie... Oh that yeah yeah that was yeah, made before be all of that. So that wasn't the actor from that movie in the movie we saw last week and the uh, free guy wasn't he the villain in that one? That well, he's from he's that? a greater yeah. in that too. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a yeah. Okay, so until next time, enjoy the view on the silver screen, but don't make it your final credit. Goodbye.